Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. All right, good morning. Good morning. I just need to just take a moment. You have to understand, for me, this is the first time that I'm actually not seeing my reflection in a camera, and I'm actually seeing people, uh, which is, yeah, which, which, is, uh, which, which, which is awesome, which is awesome. And I'm just so uh, grateful uh, to be in this position for us to have, ha- have this conversation. Uh, by the way, my name is Steve. If we have not met at all, or maybe you're just uh, used to seeing me on, on YouTube or on the screen or anything like that, um, please feel free to uh, connect with me afterwards. Uh, just so I have an opportunity to meet you, I do see a number of faces that I do not remember seeing uh, at all. However, at the same time, I do see a host of familiar faces, and it's definitely uh, something that encourages me, and it's really good uh, to, to see each and every one of you. So, so we have been in this series uh, the last few weeks talking about, hey, what are we saying? Just really examining uh, some of the church lingo uh, that's, that's being discussed today. And so when it came to my turn, <laughs> you know, I was given the word, and as we all know, this is the word. If we can go to the next slide. <laughs> Holy, shut your mouth. <laughs> that is huge. And I looked at that and literally there are full length doctrines dedicated to this word that encompasses doctrines under that doctrine. And so I have the fortunate pleasure of trying to get this done in about 20 plus minutes. (laughs) Well, that being said, you know, challenge accepted, buckle up, here we go. So so when we look at so when we look at the word salvation and it just encompasses so many so many things. I mean, if if we're talking about um, acts of redemption, deliverance, restoration, healing, wholeness. I mean, we're just really scratching the surface on this particular on this particular word. However, for the time that we have together, um, we're going to focus on two ideas based on this word salvation. And the idea that we're going to be focusing on is what I think encapsulate not just this being a one-time event, but something that happens in the life of a believer over and over and over and over again. And so the ideas that we're going to focus on is rescue and made whole. Rescue and made whole. So when we, so let, let's, give you, let's give you the outline of what this is going to look like. So I'm going to give you the outline to, to, to more so keep me on track. Uh, for the time that we have together. So it's going to look like this. Rescued from, rescued to, rescued through, and then I'll throw in a bonus one after that. Okay? 
So remember, rescued from, rescued to, rescued through, and then I'll throw in an extra one if we have the time to, if we have the time to do that. And the, the perfect backdrop, or one of the perfect backdrops, oh, am I good, am I moving around? I'm good, okay, perfect, thank you. So to use this passage of scripture, we're gonna use this as a background, and that scripture that we read earlier, we read a little bit earlier, which is Ephesians chapter two, uh, and we're going to go through that passage. And just to give you a quick background, I'm not going to spend too much on that, but Paul is writing a letter. It's like, I feel like I'm doing this like beatbox in the background. Is that, is that just me? Because I'm like doing all this. If I need to, I'll switch to a handheld. But here, I'll just do this a little adjustment. How about that? Speaking of rescue. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> We'll switch to the handheld. Perfect. I might need this because I'm going to use this for. Let me use this for something else. Okay, perfect. Testing. Oh, there we go. Hello. All right, perfect. Okay, so again, we're going to focus on the idea of rescue and made whole. So when we're talking about the Paul's letter to this church at Ephesus, just to give you a little bit of background there, Paul knows this church really well. He spent some, some time with this church, and in this letter to the church there, he's not writing to any specific issue that's going on within that church. Uh, however, as he's writing, his writings do focus on a main theme. And that main theme revolves the, around the idea of unity. Not just unity in Christ, but unity within the body of believers. And so as we look at this, we're going to again go through that outline that I mentioned to you a little bit earlier on. So here, let's, let's go ahead and let's get started. So Ephesians chapter 2. I'll read the first three verses. So it says, well, before I do that, let me mention what the first point is. Remember we said it was rescued what? Rescued from. There we go. Rescued from. Don't worry, we'll get to the other. You guys are all right. We'll get to the other ones in a little bit. So rescued from. What are we rescued from? So rescued from sin. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3. It says, once you were dead and it will be slightly different to what you see here, to what I read there. And I'm reading it specifically out of, out of this version because I want you to understand fully what's happening here. It says, once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, this is pretty hard to talk about, but it's something that needs to be done only because we need to understand really where we were as, as before we've known Christ or before we've been rescued by Christ. And that's the idea of sin. So when you look at sin, sin is also a major doctrine. It's also one of those words that have many different Hebrew and Greek words that, that 
that encompasses the meaning of sin. And I'll just read you a few meanings. So one of the main meanings is to miss the mark. So if you're missing the mark, that means that we're hitting the wrong mark. It means to rebel, iniquity, guilt, to err, go astray, be at odds with God. One of the ones that, that, that stood out to me is that it means that we're bent, twisted, crooked. Now, to give you an example, a lot of people have been asking me about this and making jokes and saying, hey, did you change clothes or whatever? Why are you bringing hangers? Well, here's, here's, why, here's why I bring this. So I want to show you something. This, what this reminds me of, and I'm going to do my best to put that there. I'm going to do one of these. <laughs> all right. So when we were all born, when sin, thank you, appreciate that. When sin wasn't affected, you should do that, because you're the one that made the joke about the hanger. <laughs> Sinner! No, just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> just having a little fun, having a little fun. It's a serious subject, having a little fun. So when we are all born, obviously God created us all, all, when God created Adam and Eve, everything was perfect. But then when Adam and Eve disobeyed, sin was so powerful that it entered into the world. So picture it like this. We are all born perfect, but then when sin entered into the picture, this is how we're all born. We're bent. We're crooked. And there is nothing that we could do to be at a right relationship with God. Thank you. Appreciate it. Romans 5, 12 says that when Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for the, all that sin. So it's not enough that sin made us be born crooked, but there was a penalty to that. And that penalty was death. Before sin entered in the picture, there was no death. But the moment sin entered in the picture, Death happened for each and every one of us. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. Now, in other words, that means that we are separated from God. Because of our sin, because we were born crooked, because of um, our sinful nature, and because we have that sinful nature, we're going to be more prone and bent to do things and prioritize ourselves over what God wants for our life, we, it's impossible on our own to have a relationship or be in union or community with God because we're all bent and we're all crooked. And in other words, if I can say, essentially, we're all screwed. But then we continue on because not only are we rescued from sin, the next one I mentioned we are rescued to God. Look at Ephesians 4, Ephesians 2, excuse me, 4 verses 6. It goes on and it says, But God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so very much that even while we were dead in our sins, we were dead in the water, nothing that we could possibly do, he gave us life when we, he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's special favor that you have been saved. You know what the word saved Greek in this particular verse means? Made whole. 
For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. See, one of the traits that we need to understand about God, yes, God is, is, is love and he's merciful. And here's what makes that even more remarkable. The fact that God also is holy. God's holy. Now, that's another message, two, three, four, unto itself. And it's very easy to go down that hole, but essentially... What that means is that God cannot tolerate the presence of sin. He absolutely cannot tolerate the presence of sin. However, he didn't leave us out to dry. Because of his love and because of his mercy, he desires and seeks to rescue us so that we can be in wholeness, and we could be in community and relationship with him. That's how much he loves us. Colossians, Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, uh, and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And this is how much God wants to be with us. Look at this picture in Revelation 21, 3 and 4. It says, And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. All these things will be gone forever. God desires for us to be with him despite the fact that we are bent, we're crooked, we're broken. He says, you know what? I am holy. However, I, I'm also a God of love and I desire to be with each and every one of you. I desire to be your rescuer. I desire to make you whole. So we have rescued from sin. We're bent, broken. We're at odds with God. We're under God's anger. But then we're rescued to God, the God who loves us, who's holy, but he loves us and wants to be in communion with us and wants to make us whole. Then we get to the end, or we get to the third point, which is rescued through Jesus. You know, if you look at the name Jesus, Jesus comes from the Hebrew word Yeshua, which literally means the Lord saves. God is someone who is our, our rescuer. He's our deliverer. He's our, our whole maker. He's our healer. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we are made whole and we can be in right fellowship and community with God. You know, Jesus says, uh, himself says in John 14, 16, it says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 4, verses 12, Peter is speaking of, of Jesus, and he's talking to a council of religious leaders, and he's saying, there is salvation in no one else. God has, 
God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, we must be rescued, or we must be made whole. You know, I think a lot of times we tend to limit, again, the word salvation as that first act in becoming a Christian. We talked about it a few weeks ago, right? Being adopted, entering that priesthood of believers, being that ambassador. And that word means so much more than that first initial step. Now, if that was the only step, hey, that would be enough. I mean, before that, like I said, I don't know about you guys, but I, I was screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I hate to use that word, but at the same time, I mean, it's really accurate, you know, for, for where, where I was. And, and however, salvation means a whole lot more than that. Because as a believer, we are continually being rescued again and again and again and again. You know, the Bible is full of stories of people being rescued. I mean, we could think about the Israelites being rescued. We could think about if we zip to the New Testament, the disciples um, being rescued. Uh, We, even all of us, have stories on which, you know, we have been, um, we have been rescued at, at, at different, at different times. I remember, well, I say I remember. I mean, it just happened uh, yesterday. But you know, my, <laughs> you know, my, my my ladies for these last three weeks. I mean, they've they've uh, put me in a cycling class, and so I'm screaming for God for rescue all the time. Like God, rescue, please rescue me. I'm about to die, you know. But then we all have the stories, right, of where we are being rescued by God, which leads me to. My bonus or my fourth. Now, do I have time for that? Yes. I think. <laughs> my fourth. We are rescued for community. We're rescued for community. If we continue on in Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll ask a little bit of help as we're reading these verses. Verse 7, it says, And God, and so God can always point to us as examples. Go ahead and say that out loud. I am an example. Yes, you are. Here's what you're an example of. Of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us through Christ Jesus. God saved you. God rescued you. God made you whole by his special favor when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And I love this. For we are God's masterpiece. Ben said, I am a masterpiece. Okay, seriously, now say it like you really mean that, and look at somebody when you say that. Say, I am a masterpiece. Because you are. You are. If you don't think, if you don't pick up anything I'm about to tell you, you are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. 
You are. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God continues to be in the business of rescuing us as broken people again and again and again and again. But as he's rescuing us, we are the examples of his grace and his love and his mercy to others that may be also in need of rescue themselves. We are the example. We are the masterpiece. Our stories are are the examples. We ourselves are the masterpieces of being rescued from sin, being rescued back to God through Christ. It's through us that we are the examples of this amazing rescue plan. Now, there may be some of us here are probably thinking, well, hey, Steve, you know what? I, I lost my job like three months ago, and I hadn't gotten a job since, and I'm trying to find a job right now. I don't feel rescued. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I've, had, I've lost some family to COVID, or I lost friends to COVID. And I'll tell you right now, I don't feel whole. I don't feel anything. I don't feel God is rescuing me. What do you say to that? You may have some that you may have worked on your business for such a long time and things are going great. Pandemic happened. Boom. Maybe you had to shut your business down. Everything that you invested gone down in flames. Well, God, I don't, I don't feel rescued. Maybe you're someone who's struggling with their identity. Maybe their identity with Christ. Or how about just your identity, period? And you're not feeling like God is there to rescue you. Maybe you've been on the other end of social injustices. Maybe you've been on the other end of, 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 of racism. Maybe you've been on the other end of, uh, of people treating you unfairly. And you're saying, you know what, God, I don't feel rescued. And uh, as far as I know, uh, I, I adopted or I took on your rescue plan. So, Steve, what do you say about that? Here's my answer. I don't know. You know, in my journey, especially this past year and a half, and, and I won't rehash the whole thing if, if, if you want to hear, I'm sure there are previous, um, you know, videos you can refer to, but, you know, as a result of all the stress and anxiety and and, you know, for your lack of business, everything that's been going on for me, I have, and I just noticed this really like last week, um, that I have been on a withdrawal deal. And what that looks like is just not connecting with people. It taking an extra effort for me to connect with other people. Yeah, things are opening up and, you know, we seem to be on a positive trajectory, seemingly. We'll see what this variant looks like. But nonetheless, I've just withdrawn from people. And 
here's one of the things, or here's a couple of things as I'm starting to come out of that, after realizing that, as I'm starting to come out of that, here are a couple of things that I'm keeping in mind that maybe something might be worth for you considering as well. One, I'm reminded of, I'm hopeful, and I'm reminded of God's rescue plan, not just as a one-time deal, but all throughout life. I'm reminded of two things. One of those things I'm reminded of is I'm reminded of who God is. And this is where I learn about who God is. You see, because my natural tendency, I don't know about all of you, but my natural tendency is like, hey, you know what, when things are not going the way it should be going, I'm going to take things into my own hands. I mean, God, you know, we're good, but you know what, I got this. And that gets me in trouble, I would probably say maybe nine out of ten times. No, I'm lying, ten out of ten times. But then what helps me as I'm struggling through dealing with the anxiety and stress of the last year and a half and just fighting this withdrawal and not really connecting with this community is understanding who God is and learning about and re-engaging scripture in a way that helps me to understand uh, and know who God is and how he relates to me and how he wants to rescue me even where I'm at. But here's the second thing. Second thing is really all of you. You know, when I hear about the various stories within our community, when I, when I hear about um, the reminded of the stories that, Pastor Barbara, how, what you went through growing up, and just you being rescued over and over again, even to this, even to this day, especially during announcements, I think God needed a rescue there. <laughs> Just kidding. But as I see your story, that's the thing that keeps me, that gives me hope. As I think about Matt Cullen, Matt, as he lost his mom, but also went through some physical ordeals recently, that story keeps me going. As I hear about all the stories and just focusing on all the stories and seeing the examples that you are, seeing the masterpieces that you are. These are the things that give me hope. And so again, as we talk about this, remember, we encourage each other. Community. We're rescued for each other. I want to read a quote from a professor. But before I do that, read that quote. Actually, I want to give you one more analogy, and then we'll, we'll begin to wrap it up. One more analogy. So it's kind of like this. As I mentioned before, I just started like this you know, cycling class three weeks ago. But how many of us are familiar with like an orange theory or like group? Let's just say group fitness classes. Everybody participate in group fitness classes? Yeah, okay, so there's, there's, a, there's a few of us. And so if you notice during these group, you notice during these group classes, or in my case, this, this, the cycling class, I mean, everybody's huffing and puffing together, right? Everybody's like, you know, really, if you want to call it, we're really struggling together, 
right? I mean, we're doing what we need to do. I mean, whether it's cycling, whether it's lifting, whatever it is. And in that, you have people of different fitness levels in this group. And I don't know about you, but, you know, in starting this class, I'm like at level one cycling, you know, but then you have people that are like at level seven or level eight, whatever they are. And the cool thing about that is that they don't make me feel like I'm like a beginner, like I'm a loser, like why are you in this class or anything like that. Because you know what, we're all in this together, right? We're all struggling together. We're all doing the same workout together. And so for me, looking at those as examples, knowing that, hey, you know what, um, they may be at a different fitness level, but they're encouraging you on. They're pumping you, they're pumping you up. They're really moving you forward. And essentially, it's the same thing here where, where we have all experienced God's rescue in certain forms or fashion in different ways and different stories. And so it's up to us to be examples of that and to showcase God's masterpiece through us when we connect with those within our community, those where we work, where we live, and where we play. So going back to the quote, this is from Professor uh, name is Professor Ernst Kamradi. He's the head of religion and theology at Western University of Western Cape. Because when we think about rescue, think again. We focus on rescue, being made whole. He says this as he's talking about themes of salvation, of healing, and the role of community. He says it includes inner healing, forgiveness, a rebuilding of broken relationships, reciprocity, renewed fellowship, cosmic harmony, and a return to wholeness. Health, from a holistic standpoint, health is a physical, environmental, psychological, social, moral, and a spiritual concept which is inseparable, inseparable from building community, fellowship, koinonia. Rescued from sin. Rescued to God. Rescued through Jesus. Rescued for community. So my friends, what then would it look like for us to live as God's masterpieces and examples of broken people who are and continually are being made whole through the grace and love of God to a world that's broken and in need of rescue and being made whole. Maybe you're here. For those that may have heard this for the first time, and there's so much more to this word than I just went through. I only had a little bit of time, but there's so much more to this. But for those who may have heard this for the first time, here's a question I have for you is, have you been rescued? Have you been rescued? And if you, have, if you haven't, understand God loves you. He gave everything for you. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God has made it, made a way through Christ to be in fellowship with you. All it takes is for you to admit, hey, you know what? God, I'm broken. I'm bent. And you know what? We've all been there. I'm broken. I'm bent. 
but I want to take the opportunity to trust you as the one who makes me whole. Maybe you're here and you've made that initial decision. Those that have been in relationship with God, but things maybe not have been going so great. You've decided to say, hey, you know what? God, just, I, I got this. I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. I got this. The question I have for you is, is like, are you willing to be rescued? Are you willing to be rescued? And maybe that looks like you reengaging in what not only what the word says about God, but what the word says about you. And the fact that you are a masterpiece. You're an example of his grace and his love. Maybe it's during, um, when we're done, over a donut. Maybe it's us sharing our story. And sharing our example of us being rescued with those that we've never met. Or those that we may have already met, but you know that they're in need of encouragement. Whichever it is. God's plan, a word of salvation is that he loves you. He's given his son for you. He wants to be in community with you so that we can be an example to others. And he's willing to do it again, 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 and again. Let's pray. God, thank you. Those two words seem so inadequate with where you have rescued us from. Lord, your plan of rescue, of making us whole, is better than any rescue plan that we can ever think of. And so, God, we want to say thank you. Thank you for rescuing us. For sin, thank you for making us whole. We who are broken. You continue to make us whole. And to, set, to that, we say thank you. Lord, I pray that we would live in a way that we would showcase your love and your goodness in our lives by being the examples and the masterpieces that you have created us to be. Thank you. Amen. We hope this teaching has encouraged and challenged you. We always have more resources available at our website, lbcf.org. And wherever you are and wherever you're listening, we pray you be filled with grace to learn to live in love like Jesus.